welcome to the CRAB podcast. Here at Children Raised Around the Blind, we have two goals. Our first goal is to help those living with the blind to understand them better and to help children through the difficulties that come from living with a blind parent. Secondly, we want to spread awareness of the blind community. Here on the podcast, we will share the things that blind people can do and ways the sighted world can include them in everyday life. Join us twice a month to learn about the visually impaired community. Hey everyone and happy April. Welcome to the podcast and we are going to discuss um, what the national month um, celebration is for April, which is volunteering. Um, Volunteering is something I do, feels like all the time. Um, It's kind of been part of my life probably since I was little. Um, People who've known me forever know that um, my mom would take me anywhere she went. And if she gave me a job, I would do it. So that's kind of how I got started in volunteering. But um, today I want to kind of talk about what are some ways you can volunteer with the blind and visually impaired world. How can you get started? Um, where do they need help? How do they need help? Um, can you over-volunteer yourself and things like that? So to start it off with, um, I'm going to give you a little background. There are two Um, main national blind organizations in the United States. One is called the American Council of the Blind, and the other is called the National Federation of the Blind. Both of these groups um, once were together, and then they divided um, over 60 years ago, and um, both are great groups. They both support the blind and visually impaired and work to advocate and get things done in a way that we hope will change the future. Um, With that being said, with um, two groups, each group generally has an affiliate, as they call it, in each state. There are some states who may not have both, an NFB or ACB, um, and there's a lot of states that have both. So you can start by looking at either of those national websites and looking for a local uh, group in your your state, and even um, from there, a group locally to you. And you can just, you know, be a part of, reach out to those presidents, say, hey, you know, I'm interested in learning more either about blindness or I want to offer my services to volunteer um, and kind of go from there. Now, there's also places I know I have people who listen who are outside the United States and I know um, different European groups and I think Australia as well have some support groups and things like that. So be willing to, you know, look and reach out and try to find a place that you can help. Um, What are some ways you can help? Um, Well, you could possibly be someone who picks people up for meetings if it's something that's local to you and you're willing to. Um, Blind people can't drive. (laughs) Just gonna tell you that. Um, You wanna hear my driving stories? You can listen to the earlier podcast this month. Um, But because of that, sometimes transportation is a real struggle. Um, I know here in the state of Georgia, if you're outside of Metro and you're not in Gwinnett County, especially, there's not a whole lot of transportation options outside of Uber or Lyft or finding a family member or a friend who can take you places. So maybe you can help pick up two or three people for the meetings when they have them. Um, Maybe you can be somebody they can call on to, you know, run an errand with them. Maybe that's taking them to the doctor. Maybe that's, um, you know, a grocery store run. 
But if you're going to volunteer, I will say follow through. <laughs> Don't say, hey, I want to help and then not be available or consistently not show up when you've already said yes to something. So volunteer, but follow through with your volunteering. Um, with some of the states, I know most of the states do conferences and conventions. I know here, our um, Georgia Council of the Blind, we do a state convention in the fall. And um, as awesome as it is, there's always need for volunteers. I'm going to just say that out there. We've um, had some convention meetings lately and I reminded them, hey, you know, as much as we love doing this, there's five of us sighted people who are able-bodied and um, five of us to 40 of you is not a lot. <laughs> and it would be really nice to actually start working on getting some volunteers. So this year, um, once we figure out our location, we're definitely going to be hitting on some of those volunteer groups, whether that's um, we've had Boy Scouts. Um, we may look into the local Lions Clubs. We may be doing it near military base. And last time we were near military base, we had soldiers. I was telling my husband from, I think it was right after I had my daughter. She was like six weeks old. We drove the two hours to this part of the state from where we live. And I got there and all of a sudden all these soldiers walked in. I'm like, okay, not sure what's going on. They're like, oh, no, we're here to volunteer. So, you know, just whatever you need. Well, for that type of a meeting, um, there are about 15, 20 people, I think, in attendance. And then 10 of these guys. And we were going to have lunch and different things that needed to happen. And so here I am walking around with my newborn baby and just doing what I need to do. If I need to sit down and rest, they finally looked at me and said, ma'am, you have a new baby. New, new baby. You know, my wife had one however many weeks ago it was it wasn't too far off from mine be like here's a chair and whatever needs to happen you just point and tell us and so the rest of the that afternoon um late morning early afternoon they're like we'll do it you just point and you know if we need to have someone running the microphone we'll run the microphone and you know lunches need to be passed out we can pass it out you just sit and point and we will do it and it was kind of weird because I'm used to being one of the main people who just does it. We just, when you're used to it. So if you're, you're wanting to step in and volunteer, there will be some people around. We might be a little bossy. Um, we will apologize in advance usually for that. We may not give you <laughs> all of the explanations to why we do what we do. Um, Cause we've just, it's just what we've been doing. So um, it's like when we go to conventions I'm always ready to rearrange tables. Like, yes, this is how we want it set up, but we may need to add chairs here. This might not work for that person. We have people who might need walkers or have guide dogs who need more space. And there's a lot of little things that we as volunteers do um, that we've been doing it so much that we don't think about it until we have someone new and we're like, oh, we should probably let them know this or maybe they can help with this. Um, it's like when you hand a plate of food um, say you're serving actual food. And like a lot of times we do box meals, um, for lunches and stuff. It's just easier for our group, but there's been times, um, especially like when we do a reception or something, we will actually make a plate of food and, um, nothing wrong with making a plate of food, but how do you tell a blind person where it is on their plate? There is a video, um, on both the website and also, um, thing is actually here on YouTube. <laughs> trying to think where all it is. I know it's on Facebook where I discussed how do you serve a blind person their plate. So when you hand them their plate of food, you're going to do clock positions. So, you know, the top is going to be 12, the bottom six, you have three and nine, and you just start usually at 12, 
and you go around the plate. So, trying to think of what we had finger food the last, the last time I think we had, so it was like 12 o'clock was going to be the fruit, whatever fruit they chose. Three o'clock was going to be the vegetables and dip. And usually um, you put the vegetables, you put the dip. I put the dip on the middle. It's so like the outside will be my vegetables. And then in the middle is the dip, but it's touching all the vegetables. So they don't have to try to dip them in because that can be messy. I mean, for those of us with eyes, that can be a pain. Um, and then we had, I don't remember, we had some sort of meat. Meat is generally served at six o'clock or close to the bottom of the page. And then at nine, we had, um, I think it was a pastry or something. But we had, so you go around the clock and just let them know, hey, this is where your food is. Here's your napkin. Here's your drink. If there's silverware, where the silverware is. And you're done. But just that extra step rather than here's your plate and walking away, well, where's my food? Maybe I want to eat my messier foods first. And then I want to go to my sweet foods or maybe, you know, whatever they may want. So knowing that when you present food, you want to generally use clock positions. If it's a boxed meal um, and you don't know what it is, that's fine. Or if you peek before you hand it, you know, hey, it's got you know, a sandwich, it's got chips, it's got a cookie in it, there's napkins. If you want, there's mayonnaise and mustard. If you want us to help put that on there for you, not saying they can't, but just letting them know what's there. Sometimes that can be really, really helpful. Um, another thing is with sighted guiding. So if you're there and you're guiding somebody, make sure your arm, if they want assistance and they want to hold on to you, that your arm stays completely straight. We have a course here on CRAB um, called sighted guiding and giving directions, but you wanna make sure that you guide them appropriately. Um, some may say, hey, I just wanna follow you, so you just talk. So you just talk. You know, how was the drive? What was the weather like today? Or you know, how was your week? Whatever you can do so they can follow your voice to wherever the chair is. And when they get to that chair, if you're guiding them, you want their knee to touch the front of the chair. Um, if they're behind you, you can say, hey, the chair is to your right or to your left. Being descriptive again, because they can't always see that. Um, if they're, you know, going around the room, you know, is so-and-so over there? If you know who they are, you can let them know that. It's one reason um, a lot of groups will do introductions and we go all the way around the table. And that way people can know based on, you know, where the sound's coming from, where that person's generally sitting from them. Another way um, you can help is, um, like I said, state conventions. Those are always a big bonus. Chapter meetings. Um, sometimes they're doing things in the community. So maybe you want to go and just be there. You know, exist, support them, show that you're there for them. Both the NFB and ACB also do national conventions. Um, they both do them generally end of June, early July. And um, they're all over the country. So this year, I know ACB's is in Schaumburg, Illinois. I'm not quite sure where NFB's is this year, but they move around. And if that's something you want to do, maybe you're local to that area, or you're like, hey, I really want to kind of see what it looks like to have a bunch of blind people in a hotel. Have at it, <laughs> you know. Um, it, it can be overwhelming, but we always need volunteers. A lot of these groups will have volunteer forms for you to fill out with just some basic information, what you can and can't do. We want to make sure we keep our volunteers safe as well as our people. 
Um, but it's a good experience for you to rub shoulders and be around blind people. I mean, there's a lot of people who work in in fields or areas where maybe you run across a blind person every so often, or maybe you you provide services online for them, but you're like, I've never met a blind person, or at least I don't know that I've met one. Hey, you know, go to a conference, <laughs> rub shoulders with them, see what they do, watch them interact. Um, so there's a lot of good ways for you to just just be involved and just to be there. So volunteering, yes, it's free, but it's so fulfilling. Sometimes, um, especially if you do it on a regular basis, you get to see people from year to year. Um, if you do it, you know, in a chapter meeting, someone may have had an issue and now they're doing better. Different, different things. You get to network with people. And I think um, as we... We want to see the sighted world become more involved with us, but you need to be exposed to it. So don't be scared to go to a chapter meeting or to reach out to someone in the state and be like, hey, this is where I live. Are there any people you know of who could use, you know, a driver or could use just someone to come over and hang out with them? Because a lot of times because blind people can't get out, they don't they don't get to be out socially. Um you know, my mom gets to go out to church, and from time to time, if we take her out to eat, other than that, she's sitting at home. Now, granted, she is a very busy person, has more meetings and more things she's involved in um, online than I can even begin to think about, more than my brain can handle. I'd call her the most busiest stay-at-home person in the world because she just has a schedule, and that's how she functions best, but not every blind person has that. And sometimes they just need a friend to come over, you know, hey, just come and sit and talk to me, you know, tell me what's going on in the news or tell me what's going on in your life because they don't get to make those connections all the time. You know, we've moved away from picking up the phone and calling people for hours a day. Um, and some of that's kind of hindered, I think, some of the that community feeling for blind people because they don't have it. You know, people want to text or they want to email. That's not quite as personal as picking up the phone and calling them. So volunteer your time, volunteer your talents. Um, a lot of groups will have um, fundraisers. So, you know, hey, pay attention for that. Um, some of the groups will do like auctions to raise funds. So maybe you're a crafty person and you can donate something for their auction. Maybe you're like, well, I can't do that, but maybe you can write, um, you know, learn braille and write braille notes to them or, if there's someone who does email, you know, you could send them an email once a week and just be like, hey, checking in on you. So volunteering looks different ways. I mean, for me, it's driving my mom all over town, <laughs> you know, going down to the Capitol like we've been doing all of February and March and part of January because I started super early this year, hoping to get some more legislation and didn't get all of it like I wanted. But we are going to be happy with what we can get. Um some of my volunteering looks like being on committees and spending hour and a half, two hours, three, four times a month um, on those committees and listening and sharing and giving ideas. I try to always take a little bit of a backseat because I don't want to be the uh, main person running my mouth, even though it may be something I know really well, because I don't want to be looked down on because I do have vision and I don't want them to feel like they can't do it without having vision. Um, so sometimes it's just to be encouraging and saying, hey, you were doing really good at this. You know, can you step up and do this? Or do you think you could handle this situation? So 
volunteer away. Have fun with it. Include if you have children. Include your kids. I mean, my my kids are they're amazing anyway. But my five year old can lead people. Um, she knows how to give directions to the bathroom. Um, she knows how to give directions around a space. Um, my two-year-old is very small, so he's not the greatest at leading, but sometimes he does try to lead grandma. Um, when we go places, grab her hand and, you know, walk through whatever we need to go through up or down. He loves elevators right now, so his thing is like walking into the elevator. He's scared to death to get off the elevator because he doesn't like walking over the, the space there where the doors are. But I think it's also good to expose our family members to people who are different than us. Different isn't bad. Blind isn't scary. I mean, it's only scary because you think it is. But it's really just someone who does things differently. And until we can get to the place where we are fine with that and we have trained people that, hey, it's just a person just like you and me. You know, they do things a little differently, but they still do things. They still cook. They still clean. Um, be willing to, to be there, be willing to expose everybody to it and volunteer away, but don't volunteer too much. Don't volunteer till you drop. Um, and know, you know, know your limits. Don't say, Hey, I can take people such and such a place. And then, you know, knowing there might be a conflict. So be honest, but also be willing to be helpful and it will be a huge blessing. Okay, guys, I hope you enjoy my little pep talk on volunteering. If you want uh, more information about sighted guiding or, like I said, um, how to give a blind person plates, all of that is on the website, childrenraisedaroundtheblind.net. It's also on our Facebook page, which is Crab Children Raised Around the Blind. And if you have any questions or comments, always feel free to reach out to me on this platform. Bye.